and she cuts, okay? So <laughs> that out the way, let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you that you're alive and the God that you have us in this place where we can sense that we're alive in you. So God, we pray over the next couple of minutes, Lord God, that you would reveal your truth to us. God, that you would speak to us in a fresh way. God, that we would gain revelation, Lord God, even that we didn't gain in the first service, God. And as we just trust you more, God, you speak more. Um, so God, let us listen in. Let us uh, tune in to what you have to say this morning. In your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen? Amen. Amen. So when I was watching that, one of the things that I was deeply inspired by was that we have real people in our, in our congregation, in our family, that have experienced real miracles. Amen? You don't have to read about it somewhere. You don't have to wonder, okay, was the person telling the truth? Like, did, they, did that really happen to them? No, like these are real people that you can actually talk to that you see on a regular basis. Um, and I went, the thing that I was deeply moved by uh, was when I saw uh, Marika's story, I, I, I I had always seen her, but I had never really had a deep conversation until after I had seen it, right? And I came up and I said, hey, I saw your story and it moved me uh, with compassion to be able to talk more. Alex Phillips, the same way as far as just hearing that and hearing the powerful testimony uh, of the Lord. Never underestimate your story. Amen? Amen. Never underestimate your story. Look to someone and say that. Say, never underestimate your story. You know, some of, us, some of us discount and we discredit the work of the Lord in our life by saying, oh, well, I grew up in a Christian home, or I don't have an extreme story. Some of y'all are looking to be crackheads and then be free. No, like, <laughs> the fact that God loves you is a miracle, amen? Like, the fact that you still wake up and still get to, you know, have the freedom of your limbs and all these things, those are miracles in themselves. The fact that you have your right mind is a miracle, amen? And so if we can start being grateful for the little things, I think God would actually show up more or bigger in, in other things. Amen? Amen. Amen. So um, real quick, I want to show you this diagram um, here of these two trees. And, and one thing that I, I had tried to draw this in our um, Next Steps class <laughs> this past week, but it looked terrible because I'm not an artist. So I figured I would save you guys the, um, the time laughing at me and actually get a graphic. Uh, but notice, notice between these two trees, one doesn't look at all um, appealing on the on the top side, right? You know, like on uh, the, the tree to the left, it really looks kind of pitiful, you know, above ground, right? You know, we wouldn't say it's anything impressive. We'd probably in the South, we'd probably give it a sympathy vote and say, oh, right? And like, oh, you tried. Good try, tree, right? <laughs> you know, but then the one to the to the right, now that that looks healthy, right? You know, if you were planting a garden or you were planting these two trees in your yard, which one would you be? Oh, and we have David Plug, the outdoor designer. You know, he's probably looking over there like, yeah, I could plant those trees for you too. But anyways, if you were planting two trees in your yard and you were looking and you were saying, man, okay, which one was I more successful at? Right, right, right. So if I'm in my yard and I'm looking at this, it's easy for me to look and say that the one to the right, I did a good job. But if we look a little deeper, and I think just real quick, just as we like start this kind of uh, this conversation, I really want to have this conversation with you today of just us looking internally in our life and how are we living? Are we living for the approval of man and what people can see on our social platforms or, or our social circles? And we're good with that image being all that it is. Or are we actually committed to being more rooted? 
on the first look, look, I would say the same thing. Man, this little gimpy tree, I tried, maybe next season. But if we take a look underneath the soil, the first storm that comes is, is probably going to knock this beautiful, no, this beautiful one over. The root system. Say roots. Another tree that you can go to and you can think about, um, I found this week, was the Chinese bamboo tree. And it's interesting because for the first five years, you don't see anything well, of where this is planted. It can, you could plant the seed in the ground, and for the first five years, you will see absolutely no sign of a tree. Now, for all of us in our instant gratification zone and just time, that would probably be demoralizing, right? <laughs> you know, every day you wake up, you go out there and see, like, okay. You, you remember, like, in second grade, we had, the, like, the, the plants in the cups? Yeah. Y'all, I stared at that cup every day, <laughs> waiting for, like, the littlest sign of anything. And then our teacher would have us draw what it was looking like. But imagine for five years you have nothing yeah. to show. You go back to it, well, still the ground. And then <laughs> what's interesting about this tree is that after five years, after the five-year mark, it grows a total of 90 feet in six weeks. Yeah. Roughly nine stories. That's insane, right? So <laughs> when, when I'm looking at this, the, the, the thought and the conversation today is around what has us rooted and where are we rooted in? Because our culture doesn't tell us to root into anything. It really says be nomadic in everything. Everything's a choice. Everything is an option, even our church and our families. If, if you're a new person and, and you're saying, like, hey, I'm, I'm just, like, trying out churches, you know, because that's what you do in the South. You try out churches. <laughs> um, I'm just trying to church out just to see. Um, this probably might not be the best, like, sales pitch for our church. But it'll be a great self it'll be a great definition of family as what Christ meant it. And so hang on with me for a minute, okay? The one of the things that I see is that 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 kind of bothers me a little bit in the American context of church is that we don't promote the idea of being rooted. We don't promote the idea of growing solid, even if it takes five years underground, so that in God's time, in due season, you will reap a harvest. That's a biblical concept, right? But what we keep doing is we keep planning ourselves for a little bit, or not even planning. We kind of like gather, we, squirt, we just kind of throw out seed on the ground. And we're like, well, God, I'm believing your promise. And when you don't see it after day one, you give up on the seed, say it must have been the soil that it was. I need to go over to this other church because, you know, I need, another, I need a new word. Like that, the place over there, that must have been the wrong place because they, they might not have been preaching what I really needed for myself. But maybe God intended for a five-year season or a season of however many years, days, times, whatever, of cultivation, yeah. of healing, of detox. Maybe you might, not have be, you might not be as healthy as you think whenever you're coming to a place to be able to say, oh, I'm just so ready. I'm ready to do this, 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 this. What if there's a season underneath the ground where you're not seen, but the only one that's seeing you is the Father? Like, like for real, y'all, like, let's really wrestle with that on the practical side. Are we good with that? Because the truth is our society tells us not. If you don't get enough likes on your picture that you put up of your beautiful daughter, you're upset <laughs> because you weren't affirmed in the moment. So are we really, really good with that thought that, God, even if it takes time and you're the only one that sees me, I'm good there? Over six weeks, in six weeks' time, that bamboo will grow nine stories. 
nine stories. Like that is such exponential growth. It takes six weeks to really, to really blossom. But the, the foundation was five years. What we try to do is make the inverse happen. And we will try to make the foundation six weeks. <laughs> and so we get a business plan together and we say, God, bless it in this six weeks time and give me five years at least worth the harvest off of it. And then I'll just address whatever health or unhealth I am at that point. That's not God's way. You know why a lot of people get burned by churches now is because we don't have a healthy cultivation process of that church as a body going into the ground, being cultivated in some leader or leaders, and then actually being trusted and got to grow in its time. You know, like, so we're, so we're about to experience some, some uh, major movement in the building. It's going to look different in a couple of months. That's great, but that's 10 years in the making, at least. At least. You know, like, so behind every overnight success, you know, you've, you've heard this, oh, that artist was an overnight success. No, they've probably been grinding where no one could see them for at least 10 years. Doing the same thing over and over and over. There is no such thing as an overnight success. There's no overnight success at your marriage. There's no overnight success at your whatever you want to call it. There's, there's none of that. But there is a value in being rooted. Say rooted. rooted. Let's go to Psalm 1 and take a look there at what the Bible says about this man. Psalm 1 in Passion Translation, it says, What delight comes to the one who follows God's way. He won't walk in the step with the wicked, nor share the sinner's way, nor be found sitting in the scorner's seat. His pleasure and passion is remaining true to the word of I am, meditating day and night in true revelation of light. He will be standing firm like a flourishing tree planted. Say planted planted by God's design, deeply rooted by the brook of bliss, bearing fruit in every season. Say every season. He is never dry, never fainting, and ever blessed and ever prosperous. There's the first thing, if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. We're called to be rooted because it's God's designed. Say God's design. In a culture where we basically have so many choices and so many uh, options, it's easy for the American Christian and modern day Christian, or at least person who says they're a Christ follower, to be rather nomadic than actually rooted. Think about it this way. We have more people that have been to, I don't know, countless churches in the last short span of time. But overall, we have a decline of people actually going to church in the same amount of time. Well, okay, I right, said it another way. It's basically kind of like we're like playing trade with churches. Like, you know, oh, wh what member y'all got? Okay, we'll trade you for this one. They got offended, but they're going to say it's a move of God, and, you know, they're going to find their way over there. Okay, we'll trade you. I dealt with some real things there, like kind of like in a, a switch off, but this is what happens. This is kind of a tendency that can happen if we're not careful. You'll become nomadic, and you'll keep wondering, oh, well, I just I left that church because I couldn't get fed. Such a lame excuse. What? Honey, it's a buffet on all these churches. Like, there's no lack of knowledge going around. Like, no, no, no. There might be a lack of us actually committing to grow in a place. Mm -hmm. 
This is why, you know, now I got some, I got some experience with this. Every January, you know, we got huge gym memberships like go through the roof. You know, every member, every January, people signing up for the gym. But people know that by like, what? Aquaman, like what? Like, <laughs> like by, by when does it really level off? What, March? Fe oh, February. It's not even a month. Not even a month. One month and it's, psh, we're done. Why? Because we have a consistency problem. We have a commitment. More than commitment, we have a consistency problem. Can I just like, just, this is just fresh for a, for a moment. Most guys that I meet, most guys, and I don't want to just put this on guys because women have the same struggle, but most guys that I meet that say they struggle with lust, they're lying to themselves. It is not the lust of the problem. It is a fulfillment problem. Most everybody would say, oh, and we've even taught it from churches. Oh, you have a fulfillment problem. That's why you stop being intimate with your wife. Blah, blah. No, 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 no. You, you, you had a lust problem, so you stopped being intimate with your wife. No, 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 no. There's a fulfillment thing because you stop being consistent with your source of joy. And something else was faster, quicker. <laughs> Amen. All of us aren't willing to wait this five-year process. If we're honest with ourselves, that doesn't look appealing. It doesn't appeal to our natural senses to wait. We are instant gratification people, period. I don't care if you even older in the house. You still had a microwave probably coming up. So, like... <laughs> Everybody has gotten used to some form of instant gratification. We don't want to wait. And sometimes we transfer that over to our view of God. But if we want to be, if we want to have success in a Christian life, we've got to really pursue what God says. So if the Bible says, blessed is the man who walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, Who's, and, and the Bible says he's rooted and it says that that is God's design. The number one, we must be seeking God's design for our life, not just what we feel good seeking. Because the design of the time is this. Go to whatever church you feel, you know, serve if you want, give if you want. It's all really kind of about like if that preacher and you kind of get along, you know, like you can receive from him. Anybody who grew up with a healthy dad in the house, like, did you grow up with a healthy relationship with your father? Did it matter the type of day he was having? Was he your dad? Like, you know, like, if he came home and, like, didn't address you properly about cleaning your room, could you say, you are not my father anymore? No, you'd get your head bashed in. Like, it doesn't make sense, right? <laughs> what I'm saying, look, I'm, I'm saying this because God has called the church to a sense of family and just because we, we desire to do something different than his way doesn't make it right. You know how many premature pastors we have around just because they couldn't get father to a place of health and maturity? I'm here right now. Testament. There are several like qualified pastors in our, in our church, like qualified. But I find value in being rooted. I find value in it because... God has me in a cultivation period that couldn't nobody else just pop and make happen off of some quick marketing plan. And oh, and you're going to like go to this training. You'll go to this conference. We'll get you a little small team of people who, who 
like you're preaching, who support you with money. We'll send you out. You'll do church in a box for a little bit, and we'll hope that your business model grows. And along the way, we'll hope that you don't hurt people. And along the way, we'll hope that you get self-care because you weren't connected to a family on the first part. You don't have a father, apostolic, or any of that. You probably reject authority because somebody hurt you, and you're trying to pastor people. The American version of ministry. So where does it stop? It stops with us actually saying, I'd rather be consistent than, 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 than someone else telling me that I'm qualified for a job, that I'm qualified for some life that I'm not meant for. I'd rather be consistent. Can someone say consistent? Thank you. You made me not feel alone for a second. I'd rather be consistent. I'd rather be rooted. The season that I'm in right now is that I, I get to travel a lot, and that's good. Um, but as I travel, I find more value in the fact that I'm rooted to Eastside Church uh, and that this is home for me more time than I've ever thought in my entire life. Why? Because I go places and I see what sometimes where I where I have been. That's really what I see is I see I see ambition in young Christians. I see ambition in young musicians or young leaders. And what we have done in, in our culture is we see someone's talented and we just give them platform without preparing their heart for said platform. And we always are surprised when they crash and burn. And the quickest people to throw you away sometimes are religious people. They're the same people that put you at the platform. The same. I'm, I'm sorry if I'm talking too personal, but y'all, this is my story. This is me. This is me. And as I travel, I see that there is a lack of fathering in the kingdom right now. There are tons of pastors who don't have fathers. I'm not talking biological. Yes, they have dads. But I'm saying there's no apostolic fathering that happens. And that's a kingdom order of thinking. You can't do ministry by yourself. You can't be connected to this church and bear fruit in every season without being fully submitted to the root system. How can a tree bear fruit if it is not actually rooted? The moment a tree begins to be cut off from its root system is the second that it begins to die. How many of you have been nomadic in your thinking? I'm not asking you to raise your hand. I want you to think seriously because some of you haven't been connected to a real family and body of people, believers, in over 10 years, and that's not okay. Despite what the culture says, you are not okay. You wonder why we've now begun to get doctrines of dealing with sin apart from the body because we have so many people disconnected from the root system. And we have dying churches that look alive. Just like we can have dying believers that look alive. That first picture that I showed you, that tree looks full. <laughs> could it be that the parking lots could look full? <laughs> Kids ministries could look full. Yet if there's no root system that's actively alive, it's dying. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but in the long haul, it's dying. Why am, I, why am I camping out there so much? Because it's a message that we've got to let soak in. What type of believer 
are we actually called to be? Not what we feel like being, because y'all, I tell you the truth. I would love to be this type of man. I'd love to be able to eat whatever I want. Whatever I want. Look at a look at a stack of weights on the ground and just get muscles. Oh, man, I would love to just be able to look at if I could just look at a set of weights and just get muscles. You know what I'm saying? Like and just eat however I want, live however I want, but just be able to look at that. And then sometimes even hear people talk about fitness and I feel better. (laughs) This is what we do to the Bible. Our Bibles can sit on a shelf somewhere. But as long as we can, you know, look at it from time to time and, and even hear talks about it from time to time, I feel good. I'm, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm healthy. No, I'm good. I'm good, Pastor. I'm good because I looked at the book. How crazy would that sound? Now when it's actually time for me to lift actual weight <laughs> or, or actually come up against something that is real, I have never actually physically been in close proximity to get used to even the motion. I've just only looked at it through distance. What's your view of church? Why do you keep coming back here or any church? You know, if you're a visitor, any church, I hope this challenges you. If it doesn't, I still hope it challenges you. (laughs) But this is the problem in American church. We've made Jesus like... Your homeboy. You know what I'm saying? He's sugar daddy. <laughs> That's what, that was going. That was going. <laughs> Caught me off guard. But anyways, but it's true. And we'll pimp him out as long as it fits our agenda. As long as it's like involving me doing little work, but I get all the credit of what he did. Oh, I'm down with that. As long as your theology can make me feel better about my fallen state, let me just detour here for a second. There's more more talk in theological circles by people who constantly read the Bible and 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 constantly dove hours in it about the fall of man versus the creation of man. What has more validity? The creation of man. Who were you before this? You know, like we will frame our entire theological reality around who around a fall of a person because it makes us feel better. It does. It makes us feel relatable. Oh, well, you know, I'm jacked up. I'm just a sinner saved by grace. If I hear that, like, you know, I mean, you know, you guys, fair warning. But if I just hear that by somebody who's really saying that, like, hey, let's have a real conversation. I'm like, hey, man, can we peel back a layer? I feel like that's, like, highly religious. Like, you're not really letting me know where you are. You're just saying, well, I'm brother. I'm just a sinner saved by grace. You know, it's Southern. You know, that's, that's how, how, we, how we try to relate. Or preacher, you know, I'm just, come on. Who were you before? What did God create you to be? Could it be that, I mean, let, let, let's just really just, really just keep jogging your mind just for a second. If there's, if there's identity based out of this Psalm 1 revelation of being rooted, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. Why do we make that sound religious? Why when someone talks about not walking in the counsel of the ungodly, why do we say, oh, no, no, brother, uh-uh, we can't listen to you because you're not full. There's grace for that. No, you being religious. 
Why do we do that? If very clearly the instruction, the instruction is, blessed is the man who walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, who delights in the word both day and night. Why do we say the day and night thing? Oh, that's a little too much. Oh, but I need time. I need me time. No, you need free time. And the only time that you will be free is in Jesus. There is a manipulation of the mind that says, oh, well, somehow I'll find freedom in isolation. Who has that worked for? It doesn't work. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm just I'm literally being transformed in front of you. So that's why it doesn't package like a great communicator of our day. Questions. Am I bearing fruit in every season? That's a question to ask. Like, like for real, not just the religious side of yourself, not just that side that you want to like Instagram, uh, Instagram a Bible verse. And be like, oh, you know, Devo time. <laughs> what? How shallow are we that we need the affirmation of other people and we don't even know how to pray? I was, I was in this lady's house, you know, like, because I don't, I don't not call myself a pastor because I'm not on full-time staff at a church. I don't know why people do that, but whatever. So I was at a lady's house this week, and I was giving her an invoice or, or a quote for a service that I provide for our company. And I'm in her house, and talking, and God opens the opportunity. She's just pouring her life out. Now, I'm there for a service, you know, like, clearly. But I haven't talked about the service to this point. I'm just there really because, you know, if we really believe in reclamation, Jesus changed us so that we actually can change our world. Not important. But anyways, I walk into her house because I'm there because God sent me there. It's not just because she called because of a service. Okay, if you begin to change your change your thinking, change how you actually live. You're not random. You are not random. Your job hired you because God had a plan for you there. You're like this opportunity has come up because God made an opportunity. Think bigger than you being in control of your own destiny because that crap doesn't work. And you being your own God, you will let yourself down. And it's, it is unholy and it's illegal to place your standards of yourself on a holy God. He is not like us. He will not fail us. He, has the, he does not have the ability in him to go back on his word. It's uncomfortable, right? Because many of us in this room have called ourselves Christ followers, but we really deny him on some very basic stuff. We tell people we'll pray for them, and we know it's like a drop in the bottle. That's the most lied phrase that every Christian has ever said. I'll pray for you. Drop what you're doing right there and actually pray. If that's what we're going to do. Otherwise, listen to people. Don't offer false hope. Oh, brother, I'll pray. If you ain't doing it right there, it's 99% chance that you probably won't. So just listen to them. At least you won't be a liar. Man, it's tight, but it's right, y'all. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Am I bearing fruit in every season? Do I walk in step with the wicked? Now, most of us would say, no, of course I don't walk in step with the wicked. But y'all know that the talk of the wicked sometimes is interesting. 
the way of the wicked, the walk of the wicked, the, the lifestyle of the wicked. Because some of us, what we do is we got saved to the lifestyle of Christianity versus Christ. And so we've been towing a line between Christ, between like what we can do and what we can't do for so long that it's kind of merged in. We don't know where we are. We just understand this grace thing. So I guess if I don't know, I just pray for forgiveness and it. That's going to cover everything. No, like y'all like God is holy. And he gives us grace to his son, Jesus. And we can either take that or we can spit in his face. What what tree would reject the rain? For its own opportunity to grow on its own. What tree, what what tree would reject what is natural to fall on it? for an artificial version of the same thing. But this is what we do. Oh, you know, sometimes like the Bible's kind of outdated. It's, it's, it's for another time, you know, like this and that. It's like, oh, come on. How dangerous is it when we buy into the world's way more than we buy into the steps of faith? Then we actually take steps of faith to say, God, here I am. <laughs> I recognize who I am. I want to go to verse, verse 2 because there's hope. Okay, I know this has been heavy, but there's hope. In verse 2 of Psalm 1, it says, His pleasure and passion is what? Remaining true to the word of I am. That is his pleasure and his passion. Ask yourself today, what is my pleasure and what is my passion? If it's not the word of God, God, please, Show me what it is I need to give to you so that my pleasure and my passion can really be your word. Can really be you talking to me, not just not just me loving this lifestyle of Christians where I read books. I watch Christian TV. I listen to Christian radio. Y'all, I'm telling you, there's a there's a day coming where that doesn't stand. That version of walking with Christ doesn't doesn't play out well. Let me just give you a little like, you know, Example, our brothers and sisters in parts of the world who are being beheaded on the daily, could it just play out to them that they were casually that they were casually doing programming where they where they listened to sermons and kind of gave their life or not? No, no, no. Like they're being killed because they're actually choosing Jesus under serious circumstances where it costs you something. It cost you your life. The hope is what? To remain. Paul, he ne- when he encouraged Christians, I find it interesting, especially in Acts, around five or um, five through eight in that, that range. When he was encouraging Christians, he was not saying, oh, you know, it's your winning season. Breakthrough is on the way. <clears throat> you know, all the churchy stuff we do and organs are playing in the back and people are like, amen. Yes, they were preaching. Good. Now I'm going to sow all this seed into this ministry. No, he was saying, as you suffer with Christ. This is the encouragement that you get to suffer as Christ did. Whoa, 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 whoa. In our constant in our, in our context that like, hold up, dog. I'm not about no suffering. I'm not about pain. <laughs> Somebody didn't tell me about this thing called pain. But when, when you actually understand, like when you, when you let Christ into the degree that he allows you to get to actually join with him in his joy. Then you begin to understand that his suffering. Look, what was happening while Christ suffered? 
there was something being accomplished. He didn't suffer in vain for something was happening. What tree? And I keep going back to this because this is the analogy that I just keep going back to. If a tree doesn't get pruned at certain point, it can't keep growing. And what we're trying to do is grow without pruning. We don't want the pain that's natural to us, y'all. We just don't. Like, like that's, that's anybody. I'm not going to tell you that I'm some superhuman, super Christian. I love pain. Bring on the pain. No, 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 no. But I can deal with pain when I know who's beside me. I can deal with pain when I'm looking him into his eyes and saying, okay, you're right. You're saying if I focus on you, you got me. 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 You see what I'm saying there? But most of us aren't that close to Jesus to even know where he is in our pain. So we're insecure about admitting that. And our inability to admit that keeps us further and further from actually being able to have what's natural in the course of rain. If we'll let them in. Like, y'all, we sing these songs all the time and we're like, oh, I want to be wild and free. Oh, I was made to be wild and free, and I'm still learning how to be. Y'all love that, because I know y'all do, because y'all dance around to it. Y'all kill it. Y'all say all this stuff. Yes, y'all do it all the time. I know y'all love it. But there's no wild and free without a wilderness. There's, there's, There's no revelation of you being made wild and free without you absolutely being stripped of void of everything that you've depended on outside of him and him actually revealing himself in that moment. And that being the thing that changes us. I'll just... I just pray that like the the message could really just be clear about this this thing. There is no other point of this life other than actually actually having what he wants for us. Not other people, not status, not none of that stuff. You you know, like what's most dangerous right now in, in our time, in our world right now as a church. I think that this gospel is more dangerous than the prosperity gospel ever was. And it's the gospel of popularity. Why? Because we are so inundated of what people think of us. We are so inundated to the point where God could tell us to deliver an actual word from him. And we would think, what will people think first? What will be what 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 will come of that? And let me tell you this. If you are actually like if, if you're really in days conscious, you know, and you're just waiting for us all to get rescued and mess. I meant to like stir you for a second there, yeah. Because some of y'all religious spirit just like, <laughs> you just like, what's up? Yeah, I, I, just don't, I just don't buy into that, that God just dropped us down here to learn about Jesus, him one time, and us say, oh, high five, I'm with you. Now I'm waiting just for you to save us so you can get rid of this whole, this whole hellhole of a place right. called earth. No, it says that the sons and daughters of oh man, come on. Creation in Romans, it says this, that creation is moaning and groaning, waiting for the sons and daughters to be redeemed. Come on, like this means that, look, my area around me, my, my community is waiting for me to walk into a revelation of sonship that regardless, like... Not just walk into a revelation of going to church. That doesn't change anything. The truth is. You know how many people have been complaining about prayer not being in school? And you think something changed about that? No, ain't nothing changed about that. And you could keep complaining about, well, the good old days was when prayer was in school, I tell you. 
No, prayer got out of your house. And because prayer is out of your house, it's out of the school. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Basic, basic takeover. If we were playing take the hill or capture the flag, we would actually be saying, okay, how do we actually, how do we come together to colonize this situation? Like, how, how do we do that? Versus how do we fight against each other and say, nah, you know, that church, they ain't really speaking the truth. You know what I'm saying? That church over there, you got to watch out for them. That We are fighting ourselves. I'm sorry, man. I'm passionate about it just a little bit because, like, it's ridiculous. You don't have a forest if every tree decided that their root system would never touch. Face the size of a mustard seed. Faith the size of a mustard seed. Why did farmers hate the mustard seed? Because if they didn't quickly pick up the mustard seeds in their, in their land, or their, their crop area, these things would grow much quicker than bamboo. And they would grow at such a rapid rate that like, before they knew it, they'd have a small forest in their garden. Faith the size of mustard seed. If you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can move We need each other, and we need to build up the faith in each other. Anybody, Christian or not, I don't care. Like that's, that's encouraging you to stay by yourself and isolate is toxic to you. Any doctrine or teaching, human or not, <laughs> that is telling you that you don't need believers, that you don't need family, is lying to you. And the devil will use anyone. There are many people who have gone astray, who are once believers, who are now preaching something that is an ulterior message. And they have followings. And what do we do? We pray. And we keep being transformed. And we trust that God's process works. Because the mustard seed that's in me will connect with the next one that's in you. And we'll just keep going. And we'll keep telling people in faith. We'll have that, that small size faith that will eventually begin to colonize a, plant, a land until there is a new heaven, until there is a new earth. What does 10 generations from you look like? Are they believing Jesus? Are they walking with them? Or are you just, your plan is, well, by then, brother, hopefully Armageddon's happened, the whole world just... No, I prophesy to the wind. I prophesy to this land. I prophesy to East Charlotte and every place where we go that this is, this is what God's design is for you. But if you just settle for, oh, just a little walk with Jesus, and I'm good. I said yes. Screw the world. There's no point in loving people, right? <laughs> because I don't really care. No. There's a new heaven and a new earth that God's going to establish. And he establishes that with you. He establishes that with me. And we got to be rooted today. So I just want to ask you this question as I close. What's stopping you from actually being committed to the season of where God has you. It's not popular these days. You know how many people run from marriage and serious relationship? I don't even want to talk about that because the, the, the instant awkwardness I feel in the room is just 
I hate it. I, I mean, y'all, you know that like when preachers are talking to you, like pastors, like we actually feel like you know, like what's there. You know what I'm saying? So, mean and I, the men and I start talking about commitment and relationships, especially if you've been living with your boyfriend and stuff. Blah blah blah. You don't want me to talk about it. nothing on your. Okay, all right, there I go. But God still has a standard, and the world's telling you this lie that you can somehow pretend for so long, and fake it, and look successful like the first tree but you're dying. I just want to point you to the rivers of living water so that you can be planted there. So you can bear fruit in every season. You don't have to just bear fruit at summer camp. You don't have to bear fruit just at the women's retreat or the men's retreat. You can bear fruit in every season. You know what happens whenever we begin to bear fruit? Our church changes. Then our community changes. Then the like if a man can become a people, what can a place become? A land. I just believe that there's something different for us to tap into than just saying, oh, well, let's just keep doing church. Let's market it the same way. You know how we're going to grow? We're going to have a marketing plan and that's going to be the way. No, no, no. I think that the way God designed for us is for us to actually get a picture of what we were originally designed to do. That is to host him. That is to be transformed by him. And that will become irresistible to anyone around that is actually meant to be here in family. Amen? Amen. Stay to your feet. Father, I pray you do what only you can do. <clears throat> With a message like this, I pray, God, that Lord, those who were meant to hear it, they would hear it. Those who are meant to act, they would act. And God, I feel clear because I've said what you told me to say. And so I pray right now, Father, for your church around the world. I pray, God, that we would stop being nomadic. And God, we would come into family like never before. God, don't just make the, the, we, we pray that this would not just be so lofty that we leave it and never have the conversation. God, reveal churches, reveal bodies of people in our area, God, that we're called to be connected to, even on that scale. Father, we pray that, God, that, that, that if there are pastors who are drawing and growing weary where they are, God, that you would make this house a, a lighthouse and there would be open connections, practically open doors, God, that you would connect us with sons and daughters who are pastors right now, Lord God, who are leaders in their churches, God, who feel disconnected, who feel like there must be more. Father, I pray, Lord God, that as this revelation transforms our hearts, God, we become even more generous and even more wanting to give this what we found to as many people as we can because you've freely given it to us. God, transform our lives. We thank you for everything that you said today. In your son, Jesus, we pray. Amen.